Hey guys, Josh Kalinowski here, and I got to tell you, man, we've we we get good good guests on this uh, on this podcast, but today I'm bringing you a great podcast. Uh, you guys have known uh, Terrell Davis as a two-time Super Bowl winner and an MVP uh, in a Super Bowl. He has also been he's been breaking records uh, when it comes to rushing yards. This guy has done amazing things in his career, and it was really not that long. So he did this on a very short period of time. But I will tell you what, we're not going to go into that today specifically, because he is doing far greater things in this next chapter of his life. And if you know me, the thing that I love to talk about people and talk with people about is that next chapter. What happens after the thing that you thought was your purpose is done after that big event in your life that you can no longer do? His interview today is just going to move you, is going to inspire you to continue to challenge yourself, challenge yourself on a regular basis and to find that greater purpose. Because here's the thing, we are not one thing. We have been, we have been created on purpose with a purpose and Terrell has most certainly discovered his. So enjoy this podcast today with my man, Terrell Davis. You did a, uh, I'll just tell you a little precedence there. You, you had about a 20 minute conversation with my brother. Uh, he was a, um, a linebacker for Shadron, a safety for Ch- Shadron state. And I think he had a, you, you and him had a conversation. I got a picture of that. And then another gal named Desiree Mamet uh, was talking to you um, uh, for a long time. And I know you talked to a th- hundred people, but uh, it was pretty awesome to see you interact with all of our friends and family, man. So it was pretty cool. Yeah, it was a good night, man. I had, I had a great time. I, I just try to have a good time, man. The yeah. bottom line is if I'm having a good time and yeah. it's, it's about people, right? It's always been pe- people with it's, it's whether it's business, whether it's relationships, whether it's whatever it is, man, it's, it really is about connecting with people and fortunately for me, man, I've, I've learned that process. Um, you know, I, I, didn't have the, I didn't have the skills to do it early in my career, but the more and more that I became aware that it's, in a very, it's, a, it's just an important thing to have, right? It's important yeah. to have that, the ability to connect with people and just whether you have to go down to their level or come up to their level, mm-hmm. it is... Um, it's been rewarding, man. It's, it's really fun to, to talk with people. I enjoy doing it. It's, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it, it used to be work talking to people because it takes a lot of energy. Yeah. But I have, I've put myself in a position by doing television and radio and, and really forcing myself to go through a process of, of having to talk, having to emote, having to uh, compartmentalize ideas and thoughts and, you know, because when I go out, I got to be like this every time. Otherwise, if you meet me out in the street and I got, I just had a fight with my wife or, yeah. you know, we got issues. I I can't go in the, I can't go out in the public and, and, and take that out on you. I got to be able to, to switch mentally and be like, okay, all right, let me compartmentalize that, put that away. But it's also what I did as a player too, you know, yeah. as players. And I think we look at, I'm not sure what your background is. Are you a military guy? No, um, actually I was, uh, I got drafted by the Colorado Rockies and oh, played yeah, I played in the minor leagues with them and then uh, had a, about three stints with the big leagues at uh, spring training uh, by the time you're kind of around where you were pl- when you were playing. So uh, I was chasing that dream until the age of 26 when injuries 
forced me out of the game. And so that's really I, one of the questions I want to be talking to you about is like, I know with the knee injury, uh, you that you went to Stedman Hawkins. My wife worked there. Okay. Uh, she was uh, she was the assistant to uh, Dr. Noonan and Dr. Kurt Curtin down there. Mm-hmm. And so I know that you uh, you spent obviously some time there, uh, unfortunately. But I'm just like, what was it like for you? You know, you 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 had to retire early because yeah. of the knee injury, and you were having an amazing career two two Super Bowl wins, MVP, leading rusher, all of these things, and it's like is it really over now? Like, yeah. so I'm just curious, uh, cause you made a fantastic statement, Matt Knight, and I'll talk about that later, but you made it just an awesome statement about football is not who I am. Right. I was a football player. And that, to me, that was just so pivotal because most, as you know, most athletes, they, they are their Jersey. They are the team they represent. That that's who they are. That, that is their purpose. That is everything, their identity. And, and you, I mean, for you to be able to identify that, I thought was a pretty powerful moment. Yeah, so uh, back to your statement about um, career ending early. It's, you know, when the lights were out, man, it the lights were out. Mm-hmm. Um, but fortunately for me, I had the career I had. Mm-hmm. So when I, when I tore my ACL in 1999, mm-hmm. I had three years where it gave me a chance to kind of look beyond sports because it, it was, it was the, the reality was I'm, I'm mortal. Like, I'm hurt. I tore my ACL and in this game, you never know. Yeah. So that's when I started looking outside of football, at least taking a peek outside, outside of football and kind of visioning my life after. Um, even though I, I had all of my energy into trying to rehab and, and you know bounce back, it was difficult, man, because when I was going through my, my rehab process, as you know, man, sometimes you get these moments where the mind is telling you how strong you are, but your body is not responding. The body is saying... I don't care how many, how early you get up on Monday morning and work out and rehab and lift weights. I'm just not listening. And that's what I, and so I got discouraged to almost a year and a half into the process where I realized no matter what I did, I was only getting so much better. And then I would have setbacks. And so, you know, the grind, the mental grind that took on me the toll was, was phenomenal. It was just, it was, it was heavy. And then when I, when I, I was, you know, came back and, and I was missed game. I missed four or five games. I come back, play a game, miss another couple of days. And so the writing was on the wall for me. And so that was when I started to kind of mentally start thinking about life after football. So I had about a three-year process where I just kind of stair-stepped this thing down to being this coming. I felt it coming. I knew I wasn't the same player. I watched myself on tape. And I'm like, that is not the guy that, <laughs> that, that I know I could be. And when you're not that person on the field, you realize the end is coming. So, um, but that was so. The hard part is the transition, though. The actual day is over. You you have nowhere to go. You, they kicked you out the facility. You have no you have no home. And now it's like, wow, all my buddies are on a team. They have you know they all have practice at a certain time. Even though we played golf in the off season or you know when they weren't at practice, it just felt weird. It, it just yeah. felt like I I wasn't in that fraternity anymore. They had their own little fraternity of brothers and. I was kind of on the outside trying to look in. And so that's why a lot of guys, I don't know if you know, whether that's in baseball uh, too, that they don't come around anymore. These guys, I mean, they just go and hide and there's, it's something weird about it. Fortunately for me, I was able to latch on to the NFL network who had just started the network in 2003. Mm-hmm. So I took a year off. I played golf, re- try to rehab it and try to give it one last shot. 
And then confirmation was like, the knee ain't, you know, my knee wasn't going to respond. And then I got into TV. So the television helped me bridge that gap between, you know, retiring and then trying to find something new. And it allowed me to, to still have, uh, be connected to the game, um, still feel like I was part of it, but yet I wasn't playing. So that's what I did. Uh, but it, it was rough, man. Um, yeah. You know, and then I got into the business world and did some stuff like that. But as far as football, even today, people always ask me, like, do you, like, do you, do you dream about playing? Like when you watch the games, I'm like, yes, I do. Like, and, it, and, it, and it's rare. Most people, most guys will be like, no, nah, I don't even watch football no more. But I'm like, on Sunday, when I see the games come on, yeah. for some reason in my mind, I think I can still play. Well, I love the fact that, you know, one of the things, because I, I still keep in touch with, well, I will say this, for many years, I didn't keep in touch with the guys that I played with because that that abruption and that not being able to fulfill that destiny uh, was very hard. Same path, right? Just, But I I looked at it more as I, it was a failure in, in my right. life. And so a lot of guys want to disconnect, right? They want to just turn their back because they feel like the game turn their back on them. I just love your perspective. I'm, I'm curious, did you have great people around you? Did you have good mentors that helped you have that mindset? Did you, you know, was it, you know, I don't know what your mom and dad are like, or just other people in your world. Is that, did you get some of that encouragement from there? Oh man, your support system, your, your circle of friends, um, the people who are in that circle of trust, that's, that's the most important thing. Yeah. You have to have people in there who you can trust people that you respect people is going to tell you the truth about what's happening. You know, yeah. they, they have to tell you the truth that they have to bring reality inside your, your circle. Uh, I, got, I have a really good friend of mine. His name is Frank White. And Frank White was my pop Warner coach from the time I was seven years old until uh, I was around 11 or 12. And he has been not only my coach, but he's been my good friend. Uh, he's been kind of acting in a manner of my dad, my brother. I mean, he, he wears many hats and, He's still around. And so as a matter of fact, we, we have our own little podcast that we're rolling out uh, pretty yeah. soon with right. him. And, and um, but yeah, you, if people who know me know Frank and they know Frank knows the most intimate things about me. Frank knows everything about me. So Frank was my sounding board when I was in Denver. He was out there with me. So it was kind of easy to, to lean on him. Uh, I have other good friends, Byron Chamberlain, my other good friend that plays with the Broncos, uh, you know, Rod Smith. I have a lot of good guys that we're still there. Of course, my mom's still alive. My dad passed away many, many years ago when I was 13. So, uh, but yeah, I got, I have, I, have, I got, a, I got really good friends, man. I got, I got friends that, uh, again, all my college buddies that I went to school with at Long Beach state, we are all still very close. And, you know, so they, they, they don't see me as Terrell Davis, the kind of NFL player. And, and that's good. They see me as, you know, their, their buddy from college and the level of respect that I get from them is, they're going to be, they're going to be honest. They're not going to sit there and try to, you know, just be a yes person around me. And I, I appreciate that. So they can get, they can give a damn about what I did in the pros, man. They, they, <laughs> like, man, be quiet. Like, no, they'll, yeah. you know, they'll talk trash and, and, uh, and set me straight. So yeah, it was important to have that, that support system. And to this day, I still have it. Yeah. How do you see yourself now? Now that now you're you're, after, you're done with the game, obviously you had a fantastic career for as short as it was, but it's just a, still a great career when you look in the mirror now, like what do you, who's the man that you see? I'm the man that's always trying to improve. And it sounds like a, a football term and it sounds like, <laughs> but it's, it's real. Like that's, yeah. I, I can hang my hat on that. If I'm looking at my life and I, whether I'm trying to be a better dad, try to be a better husband, try to be a better brother, a better friend, a better, um, you know, analyst, 
a better, you know, get better physically, get better, whatever it is. That that has always been my goal with everything. Be better today than I was yesterday. Be better tomorrow than I am today. And that's really what my goal is. And by doing that, it keeps me, it keeps me goal-oriented. It keeps me pushing for something. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one thing that I look at. I think the second thing that has gotten me really, really um, motivated is when I inspire people or I can affect change in somebody's life. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, I'm not saying this to get, to get like woos and wows and O's and ah's like, but I don't know if like, if when you help other people and you allow somebody and you, you just talk to them for 15 minutes and you change, you change their lives or you do something that sparks uh, inspiration in that person. Yeah. It, it I, you know, imagine, cause when, and I didn't realize the power of that until I, uh, until I retired, I, I would, people would come up to me after I played and they say, Hey, you know, um, Man, I want to thank you. I'm saying thank me for what? Uh, you know, when you played it, never, you know, my grandfather or my dad or my brother, or my mom, they were going through some stuff. And when you guys won that Super Bowl and you did this and you had that play, you know, it really changed my brother. He's a huge fan. And so, and so it's like, wow, I didn't even know I was helping people or changing lives by just playing. And imagine now, and you asked me about like me talking to people, that's why I do it. Mm-hmm. It's really a simple, man. If, if if I can take 15 minutes out of somebody's, out of my time and talk with somebody who's struggling with depression or who is struggling with a career change or whatever it is, and I'm able to talk to them and that changes their perspective and it gives them the motivation and drive to go do it, it's worth it. you know. And yeah. so I'm getting more feedback on that now that I've been out the game 20 years and I may have spoken to a kid maybe you know training camp or something i just took two minutes to sign something for that child and now that same kid is like hey man i remember when you signed that autograph for me when i was nine years old you know and it you know it it did whatever yeah and that's so that's pretty cool and so right now we have a lot going on in our in our world you know that um and so i'm really putting a lot behind my company my company's called the five by the way it's a performance brand and it's really built for for every kind of athlete and behind that we have a couple of initiatives and, and, and programs that we're doing to really support communities of, of minority communities, whether it's black, whether it's women-owned, we have a veteran-owned uh, business, and so that's that has really been kind of what my calling, I believe, is will ultimately be. I want people to remember what I've done for other people versus the the guy on the football field. I want people to say, man, like Terrell Davis was known for man making a difference in people's lives, changing people's lives, mm-hmm. you know, just doing that, you know, and so that's. No one's going to know I played football, you know, 100 years from now, really. No one's going to care. But if I did something to impact generations, that's going to be more impactful. Where they have some building or something to say, Terrell Davis building, you know, the guy who, you know, gave $100 million to whatever it is. You know, I don't whatever the case may be. That's kind of where my mind is right now. I love that we got done to this this conversation this morning. I was with uh, a bunch of guys that we gather pretty early on a, on Thursday mornings, and we were talking literally about legacy and what legacy looks like yeah. to each of us individually. And so I'm just curious, you know, most guys, or just most mo- most athlete, even just military men and women, when they're done with that first career, because they wrapped up their identity and their purpose in that first career, it's really hard for them to find greater purpose in the next chapter of their life. I'd love to know for you is how did you find that greater purpose? How did you identify that? You've obviously are starting that right now with this company, but like, wh- how did this come about so that you knew that you had everything in the past was really setting you up for hopefully the greatest chapter of your life? Well, I didn't know it then you, you go through a, pro- you go through this kind of selfish, um, 
I guess, you know, path where like when I was playing, it was like, okay, you know, I wanted to, you know, buy my mom a house. I wanted to do, do little things like I wanted to get me a house, you know, I wanted to have, you know, maybe a nice car. I wanted to have, you know, so you start thinking about material things like, you know, that's kind of like that we, well, I dream of, you know, the picket fence, you don't want to have this, you know, beautiful, you know, <laughs> mansion, yeah. whatever it is. And so, right. yeah, that's, we all, we all went down that road. And yeah. what I started to realize um, over some time was I, I started, so I, like my first year, I had very, very modest living. And then I got a bigger contract. So I went out there and I built a house, a pretty big house too, uh, by 10,000 square feet. But it was ridiculous. Like I didn't, I was a single guy living in Denver. It didn't make any sense. Uh, so, the, but the more I was buying, the more that I was still empty, the more that I was still like, it, there, it wasn't fulfilling. It was only like temporary. So what yeah. happens is, you know, you get the car. Okay, that's great. And that lasts for a few you know, weeks or months. And then after a while, you're like, man, man, I need to get another car, get a car. And then you want to go buy a boat and then you go buy a plane. I mean, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And you realize that no matter what you're doing, it is, it's, it's hollow. It, there, it is not, it's like eating, eating uh, simple carbs, man. They're great, but they, they're not filling, <laughs> man. Like these simple right. carbs, when you burn them off, it's like, but that didn't fill me up at all. Now you want more because yeah. to replace that. So once I went through that, I realized that and I got back to what I was saying earlier is that what's what's fulfilling and what is what keeps me full is when other people are, are are benefiting or other people's lives are changing. And I see that happening, whether it's with the guys that I'm working with, you know, we're hiring people now and now it's you know we're, we're able to employ people. That's the stuff. That's the good stuff. You know, I do a lot of work for foundations. So the Boys and Girls Club, as you saw, uh, yeah. Casper, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, I'm a, one of their, uh, I guess, ambassadors. Mm-hmm. So that's the stuff that that's that fills you up. And that's and so it took me time. I didn't realize it early. I, it, it wasn't like, oh, yeah, this is what I want to do. What mm-hmm. I realized was that when I was going through my career that I'm like, it's got to be something bigger than this. And I told you when I retired, when I was done with football, I spent one year away from football. And I was playing golf and I was traveling all over the place. And to, to most people, that's the dream. You know, I'm 29 years old. Yeah. Yeah, I got pockets full of money and I'm just traveling. I'm doing everything. And even that, that's when I started to realize I was like, man, it's life because it's got to be something more than this. And that's when I came, started work for the network, got into doing business stuff and started to get things that make me feel like I was alive again. Because yeah. it, even though it might seem great to people, it was still a very empty, unfulfilling, yeah. like, you know, feel. And that's just that just was not right. So. Yeah. When you don't have a, when you don't have a purpose, yeah, it's, it's really unfulfilling. Right. And I'm just curious, like you still have a lot of, you still have a great connection with uh, the NFL, with the players as well, too. Uh, I, I mean, are you, are you, what type of conversations are you having with athletes now? What, how has the game changed oh, from when you played to now? Right. I, Cause we look at baseball, man. I can tell you, like, we have a group chat of both all of us baseball guys going dude, this isn't even the same game. Like this is unrecognizable. And just the way that it, you know, the, the way that it's going down certain roads, some of it really good and healthy for the game. Some of it, not good and healthy for the game. I'm just curious from, for your point of view, like, what do you think of the game nowadays and the athletes and the players now? It's yeah. I mean, it's totally different from the amount of money they make from the kind, the kind of players that <laughs> yeah. are coming in <laughs> yeah. from the, the goals that they come into the league with. It's, it's now about everybody is, they're, they're worried about the brand now it's more about this all right not only the athlete which i don't i don't have a problem with that i'm, I'm okay with that as long as you don't 
as long as the brand doesn't take away from your on the field performance, yeah. then that's that's okay. And what I mean by that is that so, so certain guys are so worried about okay, I gotta I gotta post on Instagram, I gotta I gotta tweet something, I gotta you know do videos and promo yeah. videos so I can. And that's it may not seem like it's a it's it's a lot that's taken away from your your brain um, to just not only just relax, but stay singular you know singularly focused on football. It does. Yeah. You know, yeah. in the offseason, when I was playing, I, I turned down multiple deals uh, to do commercials, to go visit stuff, because I felt like that was that was taken away from my ability to stay in my mind, even during the offseason. Like, I, I had a good time. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But when I'm thinking about I got to go fly to L.A. and do a three day shoot. And that man, that that that's just three, three more days that my brain is just not on football. Yeah. And I just chose not to do all that. So I can't imagine now where right now. It's it's a it's a readily available, twenty four hours a day at your palms, whether it's in the locker, outside the locker, and that that's that's one thing. The other thing is the game has changed because of physically these guys are training. A lot of these guys are training away from the facility. They, everybody has like these specialized trainers. You know, they go into these you know with exos, whatever exos in in Arizona or yeah. San Diego, and so they're not they're not training at their own facility which is kind of, to me, and in my theory, I haven't proven this out, but a theory as to why a lot of guys are getting hurt and the injury rates are seem to be up is when you're training outside of your facility and you're not training in, uh, in, in, in I guess, collaboration with the, the, the your coaches who are, who are going to you know, run you through practice, yeah. a lot of times it just it, it doesn't work because they're training body parts that, you know, when you get to, to, to camp, you may be, you may not have used those in training or you may have used them too much. So it's just, that's just my own little theory about that. Uh, the rules have changed in the game. It's more of a passing game, which I'm cool right. with. Running backs don't seem to be, uh, they don't seem to be like, uh, it, I guess, as important as when I played. Mm-hmm. Um, they're important still, but I think the game has kind of made them seem to be a little secondary. So yeah, and I mean, I still love the game. And, and I, I'm not the one who, who like longs for, Hey, this is the way we used to do it. And yeah. that's the way it needs to be. I'm like, no, I, right. I like change. Yeah. You know, I like innovation. I love, I love the game moving away to another, you know, a, just a different looking game. Um, so I'm not the one that's, that complains. And you know, when I was there, we practiced 20 weeks and they need to go back to practice. No, like, no, that was, matter of fact, we didn't know what the hell we were doing back there. Yeah. When, you know, when we played. at least, yeah. they, at least they have more, they have more data. And more yeah. science-based stuff now that makes more sense to me, which is not to practice in pads all damn day. Like to me, we were practicing in pads all day, and most teams <laughs> thought that 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 made you tough. No, it right. didn't, and it make you tough. Mm-hmm. So they're proven, even like with last year with COVID, they didn't practice. They didn't have a training uh-huh. camp. Exactly. So now, and and the season looked really good to me. So the, the question is, do teams really need to have training camps now? Do they really need to have? Because players really are training year round. So mm-hmm. there's no need to go to training camp to get back in shape and all that stuff. But yeah, I, yeah. I still love football, man. I, I watch it all the time. Of course, I cover it, but I, I'm still a big fan of the game. Yeah, I love to hear that. I'm curious to know, um, you know, when it comes to the team atmosphere, the team sport, do you feel like uh, because of the branding of everybody individually, the the massive contracts, obviously everybody has their entourages. Do you feel like the team sport or even the locker room has changed over the years as well? Yeah. Yeah. But when you, anytime you introduce the amount of money these players are making now, yeah. um, 
I think it could, it, it could, it, again, I'm not going to say that people are playing just for money, but I, I get the sense that if you have a decision to, to make, whether it's go play and you have, you have something that's bothering you or sit out, uh, you know, I, I think the people, I think they're saying, listen, I make money, I make, I'm making really good money and I'm not, I don't need to go risk it. You yeah. know, I, I need to just make sure I'm, I'm careful here. Um, and, and so that, that's probably one of the things. Um, and then you just have, you know, you have a lot of, uh, because the, the minimum wage or, you know, the kind of veteran minimum has gone, has gone up. Um, it's causing a lot of these teams to not have veterans. So you have a lot of younger players who are coming in who they can pay a lot less money than a veteran. Yeah. And so you have really, really young locker rooms at time. And it's, you know, so that the old guys that I used to, when I got to, got to Denver and we had the, the, the Simon Fletchers and, you know, we had the, the, the guys that were there for a long time. Um, you don't see that too much. Uh, yeah. But I do think money plays a part in it. And the minute you, back to what I was saying, sometimes the minute they make it to the NFL, that's become their, that was their dream was yeah. to make it. Yeah. And I, when I talked to him, I said, the dream, I said, yeah, celebrate victories. I'm always for, let's celebrate small victories. But when I hear somebody say, yeah, my dream was to get drafted. I always say, all right, young man, was that really your dream to get drafted? Or was your dream to be the best player you can ever be in the NFL? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. even when you, even like to me, when you get drafted, you say that, you say, my dream was to become the best player in, in, in the NFL. And this is, a, this is one step closer to, to, to that happening. Like, that's, that's mm -hmm. what I want to hear from them. Not, I made it to the, I was drafted and they're crying, they're excited. I was like, you know, I don't, again, I'm not going to knock anybody for doing it. Yeah. But that's that's not the dream. Yeah, the yeah. Dream that's not, not the. Be... That's not the finish line. That's not the that finish is line. Literally, the starting line right there. Because now the real work begins. Because exactly. you thought it was hard before. Oh my <laughs> god! Like, yeah, you thought you to get a lot harder. Exactly. You think getting drafted was hard? Yeah. Oh, you wait to see what happens <laughs> the next couple of years. Exactly. Yeah, I had Corey Proctor on. He was a lineman for the Dallas Cowboys, and uh, he said something very similar because he was a veteran, got an injury, and it and he was replaceable. Even mm -hmm. though he had the years in and he knew exactly what to do. He knew his assignments. He was a leader in the locker room, but he was very, he was very replaceable from a younger, faster, potentially stronger, but cheaper player because yeah. he was, they were rookies. Right. So it was interesting talking to him about that mindset as well. You know, I know you're constantly working. I know that one of the things that you get excited about is, is uh, that constant improvement in your life. I'm curious to know, like, what, what's an area right now that you're just like, man, I'm, I'm determined to get better in this. I'm going to be the best at this position, or I need to understand this in business. What is it that you're focused on now in yourself? Yeah. I mean, like I said, I'm just, there's no, I, it's like what somebody asked me. When somebody asked me as a, when I was a football player, when I was playing, they would ask me that same question about my game in the off season. Mm. And my response to them is always everything. Like I just, I don't have the ability to say that even if I do it well, I don't, I, I don't know that, or at least I don't, I don't allow myself to think that I do it well, even from doing this interview, right? Yeah. When we're done, and if somebody says like, how did you do? My mind is always, I could have done better. Yeah. I've always, I have never walked off a field and felt like I had the, and I don't use the word perfect. I use the word um, excellent, right? That's mm -hmm. how I measure. I don't measure, the perfection is, 
if you're striving for perfection, the minute you make one mistake, you just you just erase and destroy your entire day yeah. event. And that that's never don't ever go for perfection like that word that doesn't exist to me. So I was always trying to be excellent in football. And so when I walked up the field, uh, I always found something. I always in my mind, no matter if I had 200 yards in a game and I did everything I could do possible, my mind always said you could have you could have done better. And I just, it's just, it, it's what boil, it, it's what burns in me. So whatever I do, I'm always trying to improve. Yeah. And from, you know, even like the one thing I struggle at is like reading teleprompter. Like I've always like, and that's, I've been doing that for like 13 <laughs> years. And every time they put me on a yeah. prompter, I'm like, oh man, the prompt is hard. Like I just, yeah. I, I realized the other day I did a, I did a, one of our photo shoots from other company, uh, Alpha, it's called Alpha One Tax and Wealth. It's a wealth, wealth management company. And every year we do these videos. And so I just came from Arizona, did this video. And as soon as we go into the room, I'm like, oh, here we go again. I, <laughs> prompter, I hate prompter. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, but, but, but I know that the things, I don't have the time anymore to like, and I know that if I wanted to with prompter, if I, if I felt like I needed to go be great at that, I know exactly what I needed to, what I need to do. Yeah, you know, but I don't. I don't do it. I, I don't expect to have results. And like, like golf, right? I love golf. Yeah, golf is golf. My is my favorite sport. Now I don't practice golf. I just go play. And every time I go play, I don't play well. And so mm -hmm. I can't be mad and say, you know, I'm mad at myself because I didn't hit the ball well. Well, I don't practice. I don't do anything. So I, I know that I need to to work at that and get better. I don't have time to do it. I know I need to work at the prompt to get better. I don't know if that, that may not be time. That may be my, my choice not to go. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, you know, I need to be better as a broadcaster. I yeah. need to be better on set. I have a coach that sends me notes after every show. Oh, that's awesome. And, yeah. and this, and this has been 13 years, I, you mm -hmm. know, so I don't, I don't have shows. I don't have, I rarely have shows where he's like, you know what? That was excellent. Mm -hmm. he's, he's always making some comment about something that I need to improve on. And that's the way I see life. Life is a constant, massageable. You need to constantly move and get better at whatever it is you're doing. There is the minute that you stop trying to get better at something is when you start to lose ground. And you, it's like walking on that that escalator or that little that little uh, you know that moving sidewalk, yeah. and you're walking you walking the 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 wrong way, and you you know <laughs> against it against it, you yeah. know, and you're running as hard as you can, but you look over and you ain't going nowhere. Yeah, and then you get as you run harder, you start to make make some progress. But the minute you stop, man, you start to go, you, you go, you start going back. So, yeah, I, I just I like to think, I just think different. I just think that way, and it helps me. It helps me stay stay grinding. It helps it helps me stay grounded. It helps me continue to work. And hey, that's just the way. I, that's the way I I choose to think. <laughs> yeah. Well, I tell you what, buddy, uh, I want to respect your time. You've given us a. Uh, a tremendous amount of it today. And, and it was so valuable. I know our audience is going to absolutely love this interview. They're going to become, to, I'm sure they're going to repeat it and they're going to be sending it to so many people. So uh, Terrell, I just want to say thank you for this. Uh, not only for, for coming on this, but the opportunity to have it because of your generosity through boys and girls club and what you do to give back to the communities, even communities that you're not even a part of, right. you've still been able to impact up here. So I hope you see how that vision that you have, that heart that you have is being spread throughout this entire country. And man, we're just so grateful for the man that you are and the leader that you're becoming and the example that you continue to set. Uh, I appreciate it. And thank you for supporting the Boys and Girls Club by your donation and 
picking up a you know a few minutes with me. So uh, uh-huh. you know, hope, hopefully again, we hopefully we can do this again. And when my podcast comes out, I want you guys to tune in and check it out. All right. Yeah. Tell, what, what is the podcast going to be called? We don't know yet. It's probably just okay. Terrell Davis. Yeah. I mean, something I, we, we're still working on a name, all that yeah. stuff. But uh, yeah, I, I guess, uh, you know, they, they, they forced me to do a podcast. So I guess I'm doing it. <laughs> <laughs> well, some, I, I got to imagine you've got some pretty good value that you can bring on a regular basis to people. So we'll, we'll be looking forward to that for sure. man. Yeah. It's going to be fun, man. So I appreciate it. Thanks. Hey, buddy. Thanks so much, man. All right.